0: From our earliest learning, we've been asking why questions. Why does the sun come up each day? Why do we have to brush our teeth? Why do we need to wear seat belts? Why do we even celebrate Christmas? Why should we set time aside each year to remember that Jesus Christ was born? God sent Jesus to us into humble beginnings. He brought with him a design for peace, hope, love and forever into our world. Why Christmas? God planned it so we could enter in and share gladness and joy this Christmas. As we launch into what will be a limited series up until Christmas this year, 2021. I'm aware of the very real fact that uh, that is a well-trodden path. Uh, We get into December and you hear Christmas messages. The last thing that you might think that you need is another Christmas message. However, at great risk, therefore... Uh, I'm going to persist with a question that I still believe is worthwhile and that, of course, is why why Christmas? And the follow-up is that there are very uh, serious and various elements of the Christmas story that without those elements, there is no story. Without some of the important parts of the narrative, there's no power. There's no Emmanuel, there's no worship and there's no Christ. And so Christmas, although we celebrate it and it's it's so amazing, I'm looking forward to spending Christmas with my family and I trust that borders will remain open so that we can do that. Uh, it is such a time when you make plans to be together as family. But what I'm really intentional about today and for the next few weeks, is that we do not miss the fact that the world changed at Christmas. Maybe not 25th of December, I don't even want to debate that. But at the time that our Lord Jesus came into this world, the world changed and has been changed ever since. It was good before, and then it was perfect We've still tainted the perfection, but God has been at work and his work is amazing. So over the next few weeks, as we press into Christmas, I want to identify some key aspects to the whole Advent experience and I want to start our series with a specific question. Why Bethlehem? We'll get there in a minute. I want to read this verse from Luke chapter 2 as to uh, go, go, go again, go some more. There it is. Did you do that? All right. We'll find out real soon. Please work. Luke 2 and and verse 7, and she, that's Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. I've discovered that there were no Mercure Hotel or Discovery Park villas available at the time of Jesus. Been doing some research this week, that was a major discovery. The inns of the day were more like barns, some that I've uh, visited on historical farms. You might have been there too, pioneer villages My mind went back to a a particular family visit to the ant bed floor shack that my mother was born in, in Nickinbar. Uh, I looked at this wooden shack and thought, wow, she spent so much of her life through to teenage years in such a dwelling. Uh, The old ant bed floor, uh, timber and wrought iron construction with the push out window and the little piece of timber that kept the window open. You remember, hopefully most of you don't. The inns around the time of Jesus didn't resemble Hilton's, Ramada's or the Ville. Uh, So the context is so different from our world. Pretty basic, no running water, no kitchenettes, no electricity, no en-suites, only nice, dirty, out houses and remember the inn rooms were not even close to our uh, three-star budget that we get today. Most likely with a mat or, or a stone to sleep upon or a dirt floor or if you're really lucky a, a mattress of some kind on a wooden frame. People stayed in these inns for two reasons, to get out of the elements like the rain and the cold and for safety, Joseph and Mary, as they entered Bethlehem, came to an overcrowded back country town, but an important town. Mary is weary from the journey and ready to give birth to Jesus. And there's no room even in any of those inns. They would have been very keen to just stop and rest And to their surprise, they're turned away from the inns. I pause for a moment to remind you that Mary and Joseph were human. Just like you and me, same needs, same physical limitations, same desire for a bed to sleep in. Same concern for an unborn baby. Because Trace and I and the family lived in Cairns, And then in Melbourne, and our family have kind of always stayed in the southeast corner, north side of Brisbane, we're no strangers to a road trip. And pretty regularly at Christmas time, we would endeavour Gary with a bit of excitement because he quite likes a road trip, others just fear intrepidation of the... 13 hours in the car on the first day. But at the end of those days, I'm pretty much looking forward to a comfy bed. I've pre booked, I know what's in front of me, I try to be organised, and when the car finally stops and you turn off the engine and lights, because it's probably dark by then, I like my comfy bed at the end of a road trip, and that's even, I've never been pregnant, so I don't know what it's like (laughs) to actually get to that point of the day and nine months pregnant, ready for a good sleep, a good rest. I want you to imagine their disappointment and feel their stress. We think of the pantomime of Christmas, don't we? And and we think of the the subjectivity of how we celebrate it. This is real. (laughs) This is tough. And the couple has had some early relationship issues to work through as well. Think about what they've been through up to this point. There's an unplanned pregnancy. The supernatural conception of Jesus by the Holy Spirit that they know about. But then there's the rumours and the gossip that they can't control. And the appearance of the angel Gabriel to Mary and the convincing of Joseph in a dream to stay with Mary. The long journey, the cold, the dodging of thieves. And at this stage of her pregnancy, a pretty uncomfortable Mary right at her due date. They'd been through the mill. I reckon the stress was high, almost to the extent of their being able to handle life. They must have been thinking, what next? And I don't want to over-dramatise this whole thing, but maybe you get where I'm coming from. Do you feel it? And now no room for them in the end. So let me summarise. They know Jesus is coming. They know he's special. The angel has given them the heads up on that. The miracle of uh, conception has confirmed it. Their experiences are aligned with what the Holy Spirit told them was going to happen. And what they know about Jesus prior to his birth is pretty clear. He is sent from God to save his people. He's the king from the royal line of David. He's the saviour of the world. And they've been told by an angel how blessed they are. Blessed are you, he said. I don't know about you, but I'd be thinking, are you kidding? My humanity in that situation, are you kidding? God does not even allow them to have a simple room to let the baby be born in blessed. Wow. So much that they get to hang out at the end of this long, hard travel in a smelly stable. And so in our human understanding, none of this Christmas story makes any sense. In fact, it seems crazy to me when I try to put myself in there Blessed, I'm sure that they were a bit overwhelmed and questioning the whole blessed idea. And so today I want to ask the question, why Bethlehem? Because this place was not a place for a baby to be born or a proper place for a baby to be brought into the world, let alone a king of the house of David, the saviour of the world. So we know by now that logic and humanity is not the main game. In the Christmas story. But it was God's plan, and the arrangement that we will discover in the next few moments was absolutely perfect. He set everything in place for it to happen right there in that town, right then, and for a purpose. It was God's perfect birth plan for the King of Kings. And the beautiful thing that I want us to kind of grapple with today is not a human plan, right? Nothing about it, humanly speaking, actually makes any sense. It was not a mistake or bad luck on the part of Mary and Joseph... And I want to check this part out a little, because if we stand back and consider the aspect of the Christmas story, there are amazing truths that emerge. We learn something about God, something about the world, something about Jesus, something about his followers. We learn that God uses adverse difficulties and circumstances in our world that make no sense to us. They made no sense at that time but God does it God's way to accomplish his purposes for then and for the future, for now. And we need to apply our understanding that God knows things in advance and he's not limited to time and place like we are. Ever felt like, I know God has this, but I don't know how God has this. I know, God, you're in control, but I don't like the control. I don't like how it feels. See, there's a lot of things against this being a safe and healthy birth, but God gets it done, doesn't he? God gets it done. Ever felt like, what are you doing, God? Why? Because God doesn't always do what we want or we think. Even Herod lost in his effort to halt God's plan. Satan couldn't stop the plan of God. Lots of trained soldiers got involved in a plan to eradicate the threat of the Messiah and every single one of them failed. Why? Because God is in complete control all the time every part of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem was part of God's detailed plan so back to our question why Bethlehem simple answer part of God's divine plan for the world and for salvation so let's look at a moment uh, at some of that detail God arranged it so that the emperor issued a decree at just the right moment and in just the right way so that at just the right time, Mary and Joseph arrive in Bethlehem so that they were exactly where the prophet Micah said they would be when Jesus was born. We see that in Micah 5 and 2. It all seemed to just coincidentally occur. But when you're able to look at the detail, it's a master plan. And what seems to be coincidental is actually the hand of God moving through history to accomplish his purposes. And if we believe in the sovereignty of God, and I do, then we move beyond just accepting God has allowed his son to be born in a stable. He didn't allow it to happen, he providentially secured it that way for purpose. And our belief in that sovereignty takes us quickly to the faith story that says God ordained it and so it came to be. There was no room in the inn because God wanted it that way. If God had wanted it some other way, I believe it would have happened another way. Why Bethlehem? And specifically, Bethlehem has a massive place in Jewish history. We think of Bethlehem as the birthplace of Jesus, and rightly so, but there's plenty to identify this city as the right place for Jesus' birth. Prophecy to begin with, and I'll jump back in there in a minute, but it's good to remember that there's more than one reason for Bethlehem to feature so strongly in the Jesus narrative. Rachel is buried there. So Jacob's wife, who died during childbirth, It's interesting that birth and death are strongly associated with Bethlehem in Jewish history. And Rachel's death is recorded in Bethlehem 1,700 years before Jesus. And there's a redemption story associated with Bethlehem because Ruth was redeemed in Bethlehem by Boaz, her kinsman redeemer, rescued from a life of misery and loss. And that redemption story happened 1,100 years before Jesus. And here's one that you'll almost certainly know that picks up the birth theme. Bethlehem is King David's birthplace. Also David's place of being anointed king by Samuel. David's special place known for refreshing water. Made famous when he was being hunted by King Saul and became thirsty and his mighty men fought for the well to bring him back a drink. And that drink was life-giving water, refreshment. And this all happened a thousand years before Christ. So you start to see the purpose of God taking shape in the history of the birthplace of Jesus. There was purpose. And uh, not only is it kind of biblical history back to Jesus, but it's biblical history all the way back in the Old Testament. Bethlehem, is in our history books for lots of important life-giving reasons. And of course, at Christmas, for a very important reason, the Messiah Jesus is prophesied as being born there in Micah 5 and 2, associating the town with the birth of our Lord Jesus. That prophecy was 700 years before Luke 2 informs us of the actual event of Jesus' birth. God knew what he was doing, didn't he? He orchestrated the events in and around Bethlehem for 1,700 years at least to usher in the greatest global celebration of all time. Christmas has come and Bethlehem plays its part in God's design and plan the birth of the Son of God, Jesus comes to fulfil this part of God's plan. God has an answer to a fallen world. The bread of life would be born in the place called the house of bread. He would feed the world life-giving food and deliver them from their sins. So Bethlehem is the birthplace of Jesus and it's the hometown of King David. Thirty-nine times Grandfather of Jesus. It's just a perfect plan, isn't it? See all the little bits. It fulfills so many unique and purposeful details as to where it should be that Jesus enters the world. So when we sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem, get beyond O Little Town of Bethlehem to the purpose of God, for the town of Bethlehem. I think the detail is worth mentioning. Mary and Joseph intentionally travelled to Bethlehem because God had the emperor call for a census. Again, orchestrated, ordained. He has a reason for them to go there. The Roman emperor Augustus decided that everyone should be registered for taxation by going to their families place of inheritance. And of course, Joseph, being a descendant of David, heads to which town? Bethlehem, the town of David. The Bible is so complex and yet it's so simply accurate in all of its truth. Amen? Don't you love it? When we believe Jesus by faith, and then so much of the history, the story, the reality just makes sense. In our humanity, no logic. In our discovery, wonderful. Let's read Luke 2. Pick up this account. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that the census should be taken of the whole Roman world. It was the first census that took place while Corinius, the governor of Syria, was in, in power. Everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph goes up to the town of Nazareth, from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, um, in Galilee, to Judea, and specifically to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And in verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Micah prophesied Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. In Micah 5, 2. But you, Bethlehem... Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth and from old, from everlasting. So when Herod wanted to know where the Messiah, Christ, the anointed one, would be born, the priests and the scribes simply quote Micah. They knew. And that's recorded in Matthew in chapter 2. When King Herod heard this was disturbed uh, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him, and when he called together all the people's chiefs, priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born, and their answer was in Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. But you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. You just see God's plan in all of this detail. So I want to finish with a final question. This whole Christmas event was planned in minute detail and purposed for a reason. The reason, as we'll identify uh, and we press in towards the actual Christmas uh, day service this year, is relationship the whole reason for christmas is relationship relationship with god through the father the son and the holy spirit all playing part in the reality of the first christmas God entering into relationship through Jesus with people. So God's plan is ultimately all about people, which includes you and includes me. Is there room in your heart for Jesus this Christmas? In this totally busy time of preparation... Crazy, busy season is the room in your heart for Jesus. There was no room in the inn, but God had a plan. God has a plan for each one of us, individually and together. And so we come to the end of the story, the great truth, that lies behind the simple words of Luke 2 and 7 and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room. Even the smallest details turn out to have massive significance in this Christmas story. I am convinced there is a no vacancy sign in Bethlehem when they arrive, which is for our benefit. God could have made room available. He could have created a hospital or some place in Bethlehem if he desired to have the prophecy fulfilled that way. But purposefully, there is a sequence of events that follow. The census, the long journey, no room at the inn, no crib for a bed, the feeding trough, the swaddling clothes, all of it planned by God, even though it all appeared to just happen. Even in the midst of what we prayed for a little earlier, that there's grief in the camp, God has a purpose. God has a purpose. A continuing, unfolding, perfect plan of God. Christmas involved Bethlehem as part of the plan. Why Bethlehem? God's plan, of course. God willed there would be no room in the inn, not for the sake of Jesus, but for our sake, that we might learn who Jesus is and enter into relationship with him. I don't fully understand why God does what God does, but I love that God does what God does. And maybe you can kind of uh, package that in your own life this Christmas. And maybe your sense of confidence that God is at work is a present that you can give to others. Faith and confidence is a great gift this Christmas to those that you love. We're going to pray and the team's going to come and lead us in a final song. And that song is so, so much about our expectation that there is joy in the story of Christmas, isn't there? Father, we acknowledge that, wow, we don't know everything that you're doing. And uh, at face value, we don't even see the significance of Bethlehem in the story of Christmas. But, wow, when we look into the detail, we see you just at work from everlasting to everlasting. And we pray for confidence and faith, as a gift that we can give this Christmas. Lord, bless us as we aim to bless others.